Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Voice, Donovan Troy, the best-looking manager of all time, the 2016 Cauliflower Alley Club Strut-Off Champion, and you are listening to perhaps the best, the best, the greatest, the most tantalizing, the most glamorous, the most fabulous, the most delicious podcast out there in the world today, perhaps the universe included, it will be the Atomic podcast you better listen you better like you better share or else intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices welcome to another exciting episode of the atomic podcast and welcome back to another exciting edition of the atomic podcast with your host Ephraim guzman today Ephraim's special guest is representing sabotage wrestling the one, the only, the voice, Donovan Troy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. My guest today, he's a ring announcer. He's a legal advisor at Gold Rush Pro Wrestling. He's a vice president. He has many accolades. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the flamboyant, the only, Mr. Donovan Troy. Donovan, how are you doing? Hey, that's me, and that's exactly why I am quite fabulous. I am the bestest-looking manager of all time, the manager of champions, and the 2016 Cauliflower Alley Club Shrut-Off Champion. Woo! And I am here on the Atomic Podcast. Finally, Maya had you. Finally, I'm on your podcast, sir. I know, finally. You were supposed to be on before. You're on now. Um, Did I list all your accolades all right, or there's a lot more that you have in your arsenal? I mean... You can't forget that I am also a secret man that has many personalities, including but not limited to being a creepy chatterbox. You can't forget that I'm also a fashion designer. You can't forget that I am the host with the most. And I'm also the general manager of Wrestling for Charity. I mean, the accolades will continue as I've done many jobs in the pro wrestling business, including being a referee, including being a timekeeper, being a commentator, and being a promo coach. I mean, the accolades could go down, down the list, but let's not overwhelm the listeners at home that, you know, I am quite qualified to be on this podcast, let me tell you. <laughs> While you are something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. and you forget it. <laughs> um, how did you get involved? You know, let's 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 take me back to when um young Donovan was a young whippersnapper. Um, how did you get involved in the whole wrestling business to begin with? All right, well, we're gonna go into our handy dandy time machine, and we're gonna travel back to the year two thousand and six. Okay. And in 2006, Donovan Troy had the great pleasure of attending my very first all-pro wrestling gym wars at the historic APW Garage in Hayward, California, alongside his best friend, who happens to be another manager of champions, the greatest mind in professional wrestling, Matthew Theol. And from that point in 2006, I was hooked on the product of all pro wrestling and i would attend all pro wrestling events from 2006 to 2010 and i had an opportunity an opportunity in 2010 for an open trial 
roster spot at All Pro Wrestling. And I went to that APW garage and I auditioned in front of some of the biggest names in All Pro Wrestling, including Venice DeMarco, JJ Perez, Larry Blackwell, and the owner of All Pro Wrestling, Roland Alexander. And I showed to them that I had the passion, that I had the drive, that I had the determination to become one of the ring announcers of All Pro Wrestling. And I will tell you that it was a tough audition, but they took me aside and said, you know what, kid? You got some learning to do. You're not an expert yet. You're not a master of the craft. But we see that you have the drive, and we can work with that. And I was hired in August of 2010. As all pro wrestling ring announcer, and I would say that the journey has had many ups and downs, but it's been a pleasure and then some to be able to be a ring announcer for over six years now, and it's been a crazy ride. You know, there's people that have passion to be wrestlers, and it's rare where you hear people actually wanted to be ring announcers or referees because everybody wants to be a pro wrestler. So, um, is there any particular referees that you followed, or is it something that you just you just said, you know figured that hey, I can do this, I can I can be a referee as well, or was there a referee a referee you wanted to emulate? Well, the referee that has been what I like to call pioneer in Northern California region, has been Sparky Ballard, who is the owner and operator of Gold Rush Pro Wrestling. But during those early days, he was a trainer, or not a trainer, but a trainee at the APW boot camp, and I would watch his precision as a referee. And I knew that if I wanted to ever become a special guest referee or a referee for a match, that I would need to have the tutelage and the training of Sparky Ballard. And though I'm not a full-time referee, I referee only on rare occasions, um, I definitely have watched and studied Sparky Ballard um, really horn his craft as a referee. And he has been quite an expert of the game, always, always upping his game, always teaching his students and teaching myself how to really be careful about your positioning, you know, ring awareness, making sure you are in the right spot at the right time, you're listening to the audience, you're listening to the wrestlers, and bringing the environment and the show together as a professional. Um, and not only that, but also watching and learning from other ring announcers in the area has also been very influential, like uh, legendary uh, ring announcers Alan Bolte from BTW Big Time Wrestling, Jim Davis, who was just recently inducted into the Northern California Hall of Fame. Um, so there's great there's great pioneers in California for such uh, roles in professional wrestling, like ring announcing and refereeing. And I I'm lucky to say that I have great mentors, trainers, and, uh, and instructors to really help guide my future because they have been so successful in theirs um did your parents ever discourage you from getting into the wrestling business i said that one more time i said how has your parents ever discouraged you from getting into the wrestling business um i before getting into the professional wrestling business i was involved in musical theater and acting and improv comedy 
uh, drama and all those type of performing arts. So when I transitioned from performing arts to pro wrestling, it was kind of a no-brainer. And my family has always accepted that pro wrestling is this bizarre entity that they don't quite understand. Uh, but it's it's amazing how much that experience I had in my youth and in college and in high school has transferred over to pro wrestling. Um, and even to this day, my, my family just kind of point and laugh at me and go, what crazy things are you doing this weekend? Um, though they, they support me from afar because they can't travel to all the shows that I am a part of. Uh, but they definitely watch and laugh at me and are definitely supporters in terms of uh, purchasing different clothing items that I may use for shows like ties and vests and, and that kind of equipment to really make my characters be as glamorous and fabulous and fantastic as possible. So I definitely am appreciative of my uh, older brother and my mother and my family for uh, being great followers and fans of the voice Donna Metroid. Yeah, I could see like the the um, theatrics in your voice and the way you enunciate your words and your flair for the dramatic. I can see that. Um, I think wrestling is a, is a <laughs> wrestling is a great fit for you. Um, is there a particular like wrestler? Like, who's the particular wrestler that you enjoy watching? Or back in the days when you was younger, and is there any particular wrestler that you kind of emulate in your style, or if you don't emulate, or someone do you admire? Um, well, obviously, I'm not a pro wrestler, and that was never my dream, because I knew my limitations, and I knew that my size would definitely uh, prevent me from being a very successful wrestler in the ring. But in terms of managers and ring announcers um, that I emulate and uh, look up to, uh, definitely have to be Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. Um, definitely Jimmy Hart. Um, definitely Paul Dangerously, um, definitely the Grand Wizard, um, Sensational Sherry, Mr. Fuji, um, even a little bit Miss Elizabeth, because she had an ability to have quite a, uh, a structure to her facial expressions, um, and so many of these managers that I'm mentioning, they've, they have, they have a grasp over being a manager that may represent several different superstars, but they were able to uh, change their their presentation of themselves to really help, help stars become larger than life, become the spokesperson, become the advisor, become their mouthpiece, if you will. Um, and I definitely have watched and studied so many of those classic uh, managers from um, the 80s and 90s to really kind of pinpoint different aspects of their managerial careers and put that into my own. Um, in terms of like wrestlers that I emulate or really like to follow, um, definitely in the 90s uh, and early 2000s, uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, um, a great flamboyant character, you know, have quite a um, legendary career in and out of the professional wrestling uh, business and he had such bizarre attire uh, in terms of his wardrobe and um, 
he's definitely one of the, my favorite pro wrestlers um, to watch on on the television screen. Um, in modern modern day wrestlers, um, I definitely like to see um, American Alpha, the, the tag team that's on SmackDown Live. Uh, definitely like to see the evolution of the Wyatt family that's going on right now on SmackDown. Um, I've been a big follower of the Big Show, um, the Monster Kane. Um, so there's so there's a lot of wrestlers that I I look up to and study, and a lot, a lot of them have to do with their facial expressions, um, and a lot to do with their intensity and their energy, actually. So, uh, um, well, how would you describe yourself in terms of your attitude and personality? Like, you know, what? How would you? How would you describe yourself? myself in a few words or a few sentences, I would say that I am an energetic, passionate, loudmouth that isn't afraid to go out there in the audience and the show and perform any type of act in order to get the show to have a response. Um, I've had the opportunity and uh, the privilege of managing a wide range of wrestling superstars in California, in Arizona, and in Nevada that I'm not afraid to change my own character's um, uh, outerwear and um, maybe my voice or my um, way of movement based off the client that I'm representing. Um, so I definitely, I definitely could say that I am open to change, and I am definitely a type of character that I assimilate as much as possible to make the show bigger and better with the voice Donovan Troy. Mm. Um, you worked in the community with the youth, and you also worked with Melissa at Thunder Road. Um, that's where the name. Thunder Rosa came up with, you know, the name Thunder Rosa came up. Um, how did that come about with the whole Thunder Rosa and everything? Now we're talking about Thunder Rosa, huh? Of course she would come up on this podcast. I can't get away from her, can I? I swear. I swear. I can't live my life without her. I tried to say it delicately. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Um, yeah, so Thunder Road is an adolescent treatment center in yeah. Oakland, California. And um, Thunder Rosa and I met at that um, job site that served the community um, in helping uh, young men and women um, with their, you know, with counseling and with schooling and with teaching them life skills and getting them off the street. And um, at the time, I was already a part of all pro wrestling in Hayward, and she was um, just a fan. And every time I'd see her, you know, several times during the week, I'd be like, hey, you coming to the show? Hey, you coming to the show? Hey, you coming to the show? Uh, and it took several years, actually, for her to be able to come to the show because her and I worked different shifts mm. uh, for Thunder Road. And um, we always teased each other about, you know, her wanting to get into the wrestling business and her wanting to learn how to train and her becoming uh, a wrestler and, and, you know, living her dream um, to be part of the business. And um, 
at the at the time we thought how cool would it be if you if her at the time if she was like the representation of our work and um but we didn't we didn't exactly know like you know what what could we call her what could she be called that would be different but then still being linked to our our job site and we thought okay well we want to keep thunder part of it mm-hmm. and we're like well thunder road is not a female name so how do we change the road name to something that's more designated to a female now as we wanted to keep the r as a tribute to the road and so we got we kind of went through a few r's um but then the one that kind of stuck was rosa yeah and though thunder rosa did not originally like rosa eventually (laughs) kind of adopted it and thought you know what you know if i'm paying tribute to the job site that is allowing me to go and train i think that i could adopt rosa and be you know okay with that and uh thunder rosa was created prior to her even debuting uh, as a wrestler you know that was like her nickname that was her moniker that was uh the term that she believed in because thunder rosa reminded her of thunder road which was you know me and her our our fight to help these kids in the community to to make better choices to live long lives to live a successful um life and to help and have better tools to help them have a better future so to this day she uses the thunder rosa name um and it's 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 a great tribute to um our first job site we worked together um and even though I quote unquote hate her, uh, <laughs> uh, we we definitely have had quite a relationship since meeting uh, during those times in 2000, 2010, 2011. So it's it's been it's been a crazy ride uh, with with uh, Thunderosa and Donovan Troy, that's for sure. Oh, that's interesting, though. I never even heard that story like that. I had I had no idea about that. So you're pretty. Well, listen, well, yeah. listen. It was the right story. It was the truth. I don't know what she's told you, but I told you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, working with the youth. Um, how intense was that? Uh, very, very much so because the the facility not only uh, helped the community, but it was a drug rehab center and a school and a group home. So it had many different elements that really pushed the staff and the counselors and the therapists and the case managers to, uh, to really look into how can we get the proper services to help these youth. You know, was it a matter of do we need to find them mentors and tutors to help help them with their schooling? Was it a matter of providing them with therapy? Um, was it a matter of providing them some type of knowledge and education about life skills and like, uh, coping skills and positive techniques? Was it a matter of helping them understand their anger and understand their trauma that happened prior to their lives? So it, it was always a challenging 
day to to go into work, but it was always a very satisfactory feeling of knowing that we were helping these young men and women make better choices and provide them with the type of services and knowledge so that they could go and finish high school, they could go to college, they could go and uh, find work that wasn't just fast food. Um, so it was, a, it was a long journey that Thunderous and I spent at that uh, job site, um, but we were happy to do it because not many, um, not many of workers um, were as passionate as Thunder Rosa and I, um, because Thunder Rosa and I have also had quite a challenging life and childhood, and we wanted to make sure others had the help that they needed in order to make um, more successful lives. Oh, okay, um, and now. Going on to Sabotage, um, what do you think the future of the promotion is? And um, tell me about Sabotage. All right. Well, Sabotage Wrestling is a promotion that, as of now, is um, established in the Los Angeles, Southern California region. Um, but soon, in uh, May 13th, if I'm not mistaken, May 13th, uh, Sabotage Wrestling will be debuting in Austin, Texas. Um, it is a wrestling promotion that loves to highlight um, female wrestlers from all around the globe, um, not only specific California um, women wrestlers, but those of other regions such as Canada, Mexico, um, Texas, um, Pan, and um, creating an environment that highlights other superstars that perhaps the Los Angeles and Southern California area um, has not seen before. Um, Ryan Cervantes and the rest of the Sabotage Wrestling uh, management team um, definitely are looking into demonstrating and showcasing uh, a wide range of superstars to a different audience. Um, and I'm proud to be one of the roster members as a manager. Um, and this upcoming sabotage wrestling event uh, named Hey Ladies um, will feature a women's championship tournament that my client the glamorous Kimmy happens to be involved in and um, I'm also happy to announce that my fellow Thunder League member Scoot Robertson will be taking on Thunder Rosa one on one mm. at this event um, so we definitely have uh, quite a a lineup of matches, both tournament-related and non-tournament matches. So all the fans definitely will be getting a special treat as, as it is a tag team um, first and second round tournament, which then the uh, winners of the second round will go on to an elimination match to, uh, to declare the inaugural Sabotage Wrestling Women's World Champion, and um, the audience are definitely in for a special treat as the 
uh, teams um, are definitely um, talent that have never really teamed up before. So it's kind of an eye-opener for all the different talents that are involved in the tournament. Uh, so it's kind of like never-foreseen um, matches, um, which I think Sabotage Wrestling is really trying to, um, to put on display, is unique matches um, and never-seen-before never matches to really, um, to really highlight that Sabotage Wrestling is different than your uh, regular um, wrestling promotion on the scene. Um, so I'm really, I'm really proud to be part of the Sabotage Wrestling team, even though Thunder Rosa has to be at all the shows too. <laughs> um, I want to play a little. I want to play a little word association with you. I'm gonna name a wrestler, and you just think of the first word that comes to your mind. Sounds cool. I love games. I love games. Let's play. Okay. Um, Delilah Doom. Delightful. Delightful. Okay. Kimmy Shellhammer. Glamorous. Shotzi Blackheart. Delicious. The lovely Heather Monroe. Mmm. Buggy Nova. Destructive. Holly Dead. Creepy. Mmm. Thunder Rosa. Annoying. <laughs> Christina Von Eri. <laughs> Ooh, talented. Wow, okay. Um, Raylan. Loser. <laughs> Samara. <laughs> Warrior Princess. Alley Cat. Ferocious question mark. <laughs> Shade the Fox. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> Desi. Glamazonian. And the beautiful and lovely Brian Cervantes. <laughs> Unstoppable. <laughs> That's a nice one. <laughs> and, oh, do you like that? Yes, I like that one. <laughs> um, also, um, are you the real diva of Sabotage? Well, you know what? I think that the population who has deemed the name diva for me has definitely forgotten who I am and who I represent. I am fabulous, okay? I am the manager of champions, the best would be manager of all time. So, if they want to say I'm a diva, then I guess they really mean is that I am the premier manager of champions. That means I'm the top league of all of the rest of the managers in California. So, if that is what they want to call me, then so be it. <laughs> um, have you ever been hurt in the ring? Actually, I've um, uh, <laughs> a crazy story. Please do tell. Out the time. Do tell. Um, so the the event was at Gold Rush Pro Wrestling, and it, in Pacifica, California, it was my client, wrestling personified Rick Luxury, and myself in his corner going against the uh, head of referees, the senior referee Sparky Ballard, in a one-on-one -on -one match, and the match stipulation was that if Sparky Ballard could pick up a victory, 
against Rick Luxury, Sparky Ballard's career would continue because he was fired uh, previous shows for his sneaky, sneaky, sneaky habits. So during the match, there was lots of brutality all around the ring, all around the arena. And at one point, Sparky Ballard climbs the top rope and he flies with a crossbody and he lands on Rick Luxury and myself. And I did not expect Sparky Ballard to fly as far as he did. So as I'm trying to avoid him, I'm falling and I kind of twist my ankle. And um, it wasn't it wasn't uh, to the degree that it was broken. It wasn't to the degree that um, I couldn't put any weight on it. But it definitely was swollen and heavily bruised. Um, and that was definitely it, it was a pain but I could still put weight on it. So it was probably just a super light sprain. Uh, but it was the first time I ever had one of those experiences where I'm like, wow, there's some deceleration there. Wow, there's a little bit of swelling there. Wow, you know, my sock's a little bit tighter than usual. Um, and, and to know that it wasn't even a wrestling move that I myself did, but, um, you know, in, in the, um, you know, during the program, you know, we want to make sure that everyone is safe so uh, I found myself being unsafe in my own fall to to avoid disaster. Um, that was only that was really the only time in my career. Uh, thank God I'm knocking on wood on my desk <laughs> that I have not been um, injured um, during a uh, wrestling show program. Yeah. Oh, um, if you had, bru- I think the, I think the I think the bruise lasted about. Probably a little bit over a month, so it was it was pretty deep the bruise, but uh, uh, there's no there's no damage. Uh, <laughs> my my ankles my ankles quite good now, thank you. Oh, you could run a marathon now, I bet. Oh well, I mean, if you haven't seen Kimmy and I have been training for sabotage wrestling, and and running is part of our training very much. <laughs> oh, so man. yes, I could run a marathon or two. Uh, so far in wrestling, what has been your most memorable moment so far? Oh, this is a good question. I already have the answer. Oh, okay. Uh, I would say the the biggest uh, the biggest accolade that I am very proud of is being along uh, being along ringside with wrestling persona Rick Luxury, mm-hmm. who is my mentor and partner. Um, when he won the NWA National Wrestling Alliance Western States Heavyweight Championship at NWA Vendetta Pro Wrestling in Santa Maria. Um, He won the championship uh, this year, in 2016, from the champion, The Last Temptation, Ricky Ruffin. And that that victory, um, I, I find it to be one of the richest moments that I've had in pro wrestling, um, not only because, you know, my client won a championship belt, but it was a team effort as Rick and I created a new tag team maneuver, which caused Ricky Ruffin to have his shoulders on the mat for the one, two, three, and Rick Luxury getting to carry that prestigious Western States Heavyweight Championship that has quite a lineage 
from the late 70s and 80s um, in the Texas region um, with the NWA. So it's it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of like cementing our 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 teamwork, cementing our unity as team luxury uh, for Vendetta Pro that we are a force to be reckoned with and we are a unit um, and we have actually taken um, that championships to other companies and to other states and um, defended it Um, and I'm I'm happy to be along for a ride and support and represent my client everywhere I go Um, and that definitely was one of the richest moments in my very short pro wrestling career as manager um, when Brick Luxury won the NWA Western States Heavyweight Championship. Mm. Um, in Donovan's life, has anything traumatically ever happened that made him excel in life, or has has any have you ever experienced anything traumatic in life that made you excel? question now um out of all the 16 women and and then some in sabotage who do you think in your honest opinion probably involved in sabotage or not has the best abs in wrestling the best abs in wrestling Mm. let's see there's a lot of girls on that program let's see who has the best abs I think Sage Sin, the Pumpkin Queen, I believe mm-hmm. she has some pretty good abs. Um, I know Thunder Rosa, that annoying, annoying <laughs> diva herself, has some pretty good abs. Um, I believe Ray Lynn has some really good-looking abs. And let's not forget my cunt, Mr. Kimmy, the glamorous one. Her abs are delicious. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, what sort of, what sort of like, um, 
um, like reactions you get from like the fans when they see you coming down the ring. Like, do you get a lot of boos? You get a lot of cheers? You get a lot of uh, get the f out? Like, what what reactions you get in LA? Uh, or, for the last sabotage show. <laughs> oh man! Well, I would tell you that I I I play. I play different characters in California, Nevada, and Arizona, so I, I don't have one specific character that I emulate the most, mm-hmm. um, but at Sabotage Wrestling uh, specifically, um, that character is a little bit more flamboyant. Um, that character has like so many different scarves, has different several layers of like fuzzy blankets. Um, <laughs> I also have <laughs> I also have uh, different different shades of makeup and lipstick. Um, I definitely have very uh, um, flamboyant mannerisms, mm-hmm. um, and in that environment, uh, I think a lot of the fans were a little bit in shock of what they were probably seeing, <laughs> um, considering I was the first manager to appear on the program yeah um and i i had the uh i had the opportunity to cut a uh, a promo to introduce my tag team that was uh wrestling the twisted sisters um and in my delivery they definitely hated me more than just looking at me um and i'm definitely very quick-witted so if it, if someone in the audience says something maybe derogatory or sexist or you know racist about me i'm definitely quick to respond mm-hmm. um, i think the audience picked that up and so they love to like antagonize me to see where i would go um so it was it was definitely uh, an environment that i was i'm very used to um and it was great to have a different venue. I've never worked at the EWF arena before. So being able to uh, work in that arena in front of fans that I weren't, I wasn't as comfortable with allowed my character to shine because I, def- I definitely bounced off of their energy and I responded more so based off of their responses. So they could see that I'm uh, my character isn't afraid to go there. Um, I know that one of my uh, my phrases gets kind of thrown around online every once in a while, and it's uh, it's a family show, you perverts. Um, <laughs> so it's um, it's great. It's it's uh, I love to I love to uh, to work in front of a new audience or a new town, new city, or a new arena, new state. Because it challenges me to go out there and maybe change my craft on the fly because I'm involved or I'm, in, I'm, I'm surrounded with an audience that's different than my normal um, Northern California um, promotional group. So it was, it, was, uh, it was quite a thrill, I will tell you, to be out there um, doing my thing. And, and showcasing the greatness that is the voice Donovan Troy, mind you, to the L.A. area. Uh, also, um, what does the voice Donovan Troy see in the future for Sabotage Wrestling? Well, the future definitely has Texas on the radar mm-hmm. uh, in May of 2000. 
2017. I definitely am seeing the voice Donovan Troy going to Texas and eating beef jerky and eating barbecue and trying on cowboy hats and perhaps riding a horse or two to really demonstrate to those Texas fools that the voice Donovan Troy is ready for all competition that will represent all the superstars that are part of glamorous and fabulous enterprises to victory. <laughs> and my final question for you, Donovan, is what would the Donovan Troy of today tell the Donovan Troy of yesterday? <laughs> oh, man. Um, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a really good question there. Um, Donovan Troy of 2016, talking to Donovan Troy of 2010, would probably tell him, stay on your diet. stay stay on your working out regimen Um, invest in more comfortable shoes (laughs) Um, invest in a better gear bag (laughs) Um, um, what else would I tell Donovan Troy back in the day Um, I would definitely tell the voice Donovan Troy of 2010 to continue to keep his eyes and ears open and his mouth shut and absorbed like a sponge um, because that is one of the main philosophies and training that I've had um, by Roland Alexander and the APW boot camp that you could always learn from someone else and to not have a closed mind because um, there's so many different ways of experiencing this business and being successful and that there's not only one way of doing that. And I've had the great privilege of working with some of the great companies and great people in Northern California um, and like Bobby Hart and Sir Samurai, um, Marcus Mack, uh, Mr. Primetime, um, and all of them have been very influential in the creation of Donovan Troy. So I definitely would tell Donovan Troy of yesteryear or yesterday or back then to keep keep working alongside these people um, because you never know what the business will develop. You never know who is in the environment who's in the arena and who's there to help you. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to what Donovan Troy in the future will become um, as 2016 is wrapping up and 2017 is just around the corner. Um, so yeah, that's, that's some, that's some points that I would, I would tell him if I could write back to him. Uh, awesome, Donovan. Um, thank you so much, man. Um, plug your social media, plug up your upcoming events. Sure. You can find the voice Donovan Troy on the magical world of Facebook at the voice Donovan Troy. I have both a like page and a regular superstar page at Donovan Troy. You can also follow me on the tantalizing Twitter at Donovan Troy. Remember, the I is at the end, not a Y, but an I. 
You know how they say there's no I in team, but there's an I in Donovan Troy. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, my upcoming shows, I have uh, Valley Championship Wrestling in Stockton, California on Friday, January 6th. I'm also going to be part of the Cosplay Wrestling Federation Convention panel at Sacramento Anime Convention in Sacramento, California on January 7th. And I'm definitely going to be excited for Gold Rush Pro Wrestling Band Slam, which will be happening on Saturday, May 21st in Pacifica, California. Um, you can definitely find all the events that's going on. That includes the Voice Donovan Troy in California and beyond on the Magical World of Facebook at facebook.com slash the voice Donovan Troy. Wow, that was epic. That was amazing. And that was from the one and only the true icon, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, and space is the place. If you mess with him, he'll bust you in the face, Mr. Donovan Troy. There you go. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. Don't forget to see Donovan Troy and the rest of Sabotage Wrestling when they come to Los Angeles February 18, 2017 with the Hey Ladies card. Come out and see history as the first ever Sabotage Wrestling Champion will be crowned. That's going to be Saturday, February 18, 2017 at the UEW Arena. 926 Cleveland Avenue in Los Angeles. Doors open at 7, bell times at 8. General admission tickets are $20, $30 for the front row. For more on this show, check out at Sabotage Wrestling on Twitter. Also, Austin, Texas, May 2017. Sabotage Wrestling is coming to you.